So before I open it up for questions this afternoon, I thought I'd just follow up on a couple of things that came up in the group, in the groups, um, just a few small pieces. about awareness, noticing awareness, what we're aware of, and checking the attitude. So in the basic uh, exploration of our experience or practice here, as we notice awareness, notice that we are aware, um, in the checking into what we are aware of, sometimes a couple different things can happen there. You know, we might notice very clearly, very easily, specific experiences. You know, we notice the sound of the bird. You know, very clearly aware of that as an object. So sometimes the, um, the knowing the, of the object can be very precise and very obvious to us. Other times it might be more nebulous or even unclear at all what we're aware of. We know that we're aware, but when um, exploring what it is that we're aware of, it's like, well, I don't know. You know, it, it, it seems, sounds kind of funny, but I, I think um, many of you have had this experience. You know, it's like, I'm not sure what I'm aware of. And we may find in that state that we actually go searching for something. It's like, well, there's body. I can feel my body. Or, well, there's sound. I can feel sound. And we find our mind in a state of, of exploring. Well, what is it that I'm aware of? Um, that particular state there is the state of searching. So, you know, you can notice, oh, the mind is searching for something to, to kind of be specific about. But sometimes our awareness, what we're aware of is not that specific. And this can be a little confusing for us, especially when we're used to a very specific object-focused practice um, we find sometimes in this more uh, open practice that certain experiences begin to happen that we're not so clear about or that we're not so familiar with or the attention is uh, meeting something and we have no idea what that is. I remember on one retreat, um, the, the mind would go into this experience from, from time to time or this state where it's like I was really clearly alert, aware, and the mind was fascinated by what it was aware of. So there was a lot of interest, and I had no idea what it was it was looking at. And um, so a helpful thing to do there is just to recognize, well, knowing is happening. You know, there is, there is that awareness, so... That's all that you really need to do, is just recognize that the awareness is there and that something is being known. Other times, uh, it may, it, there may be a sense that the, um, it's not a specific experience that awareness is aware of, but it's more that there's kind of multiple things known at the same time. Um, when I first, um, when I was practicing in kind of the early days of my practice, I, I heard these teachings about, um, you know, only one thing known at a time. Um, 
And, you know, I think in some ways that that teaching comes from the perspective of the Abhidhamma, where in the um, the Buddhist psychology, that's a, the Abhidhamma is the, the Buddhist psychology, there is this um, understanding that there are moments of awareness that that awareness is momentary and that in any particular moment there is some the mindfulness is present or not um, sense base awareness is present or not in a moment of attention and uh, you know taking that in it's like well I can't be aware of more than one thing at a time you know that's what the Buddhist psychology says you know there's only one thing in every mind moment and then you need to recognize that the uh, Buddhist psychology also teaches that there's something like 17 trillion mind moments in the blink of an eye. So it can feel to us in an ordinary state of awareness. It can feel to us like multi- we know multiple things at a time. And so what we're exploring here is what is the experience we're having? So yes, it may feel like we know two, three, five things at the same time. So to to not have to feel like um, we have to pick one or that there is only one thing that we're aware of. Sometimes the awareness can be panoramic. It can be taking in more of a broad wash of experience and not being so narrowly focused. It's kind of like the distinction between um, looking out at a landscape and, and taking in the landscape as a whole versus zeroing in on a tree, you know, looking at a particular uh, uh, curve of the hill. We can take in the whole in the visual field, or we can narrow down and look at some specific areas. So awareness has a similar kind of capacity. It can be broad, it can take in a panorama, or it can be more specific. You can use the analogy in hearing as well. Uh, this one may, may resonate with some of you more. You know, In hearing a symphony, you can hear the whole of the music as it all blends together, or you can tune in and hear just the sound of the violin. So that the awareness, you know, attention actually has that capacity to either narrow in and be specific or be broad. And so again, we're interested in exploring here, not trying to make uh, our awareness function in any particular way, but rather be interested in how is it taking experience in, in this moment. The visual, when we're out walking, that's a really great time to play with that. So, um, you know, you can, you can re- uh, to me at least, for me it's a very easy place to play with seeing the different ways that um, we, that awareness works. Because we can, in seeing, kind of just be walking through a landscape and not, uh, not be specific about what we're seeing. 
There's a kind of a distinction we could make between seeing and looking. And that seeing is happening just recognizing um, as we're walking just kind of the flow of experience past our eyes. Or at times our attention kind of moves down and looks at something. So noticing that distinction, you know, uh, broad and panoramic, receptive versus directed. That's a, that's a different way that our attention works. Or um, uh, sometimes our attention can go and rest on one thing for a little while. And it kind of is interested in exploring that for a little while. At other times, the attention kind of jumps from thing to thing to thing. It looks at that, and then suddenly it's, it notices something over there and looks at that. So we can get interested in how our attention works, begin to see some of the different ways our attention works in exploring how our mind is seeing, how seeing is happening for us. And then we can also begin to explore that, uh, those different possibilities in the other sense doors as well just how awareness works. So again, we're not trying to change how it's working. And there's no one right way for awareness to be working. I, I, uh, you know, in my early days of practice, it was pick an object and stay with it. And that's what I thought meditation was about. And that was what I cultivated. That was the, the... kind of attention I cultivated. Seeing when I first began opening up to a more broad attention, it felt kind of crazy making at first. It's like, well, there's a, a, you know, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And the attention is kind of just jumping all over the place. How can you know anything? It's like, well, that's what, that's what the awareness is doing. Can you just get to know that and get to know what that is like? So not, and this also, I I mentioned this a little bit yesterday in the afternoon too, this also um, around um, the uh, noticing the object and noticing how the mind is with the object. That also is a capacity that the mind at times will be interested in an object and we can see that this is, this is again, l- like in the seeing, the terrain of seeing, it's the seeing-looking distinction. In the realm of just seeing, we're in a more receptive mode, not necessarily um, interested in looking at something. So the, the looking is more the directed. That's kind of more in the, the realm of being interested in an object. We're, you know, looking at a flower and seeing how it's all shaped and what the color is. And um, that's fine. The mind sometimes does that. It sometimes gets interested in doing that. And at other times, the mind is more interested in being more receptive and uh, backed off of the specifics. So not having to have the uh, uh, attention be any one way but instead just noticing, oh, now, look, now the, the mind is interested in looking. What's that about? You know, how is that happening? And then, then maybe it lets go of that and is more interested in receiving. So just 
kind of, I mean, just encouraging and getting familiar with the many different ways the mind works. Learning how to have the mindfulness um, expand out into new realms, new terrain, new territory rather than having the idea of this is what mindfulness means, there's way more possibility of what we can be aware of. And not having to do any of it, but more noticing how is the mind right now? What is the mind interested in right now? How is it interested in observing right now? And then the other piece I'd like to just bring in a little bit is around checking the attitude um, sometimes when we ask the question or check in, what's the attitude? What's happening here? You know, what, what's my relationship to experience? Sometimes it's really clear when we ask that question. You know, there's the pain in the knee, and I don't like it. That's the attitude. You know, blindingly clear. Sometimes it's just like in our face what the attitude is. And again, the, um, there's, there's nothing we particularly need to do about that. I was talking in the, uh, more about the filters in some of the groups this morning and how seeing an attitude is, is, again, like taking a step back from that filter so that we're no longer enmeshed and seeing through that filter. But uh, rather we can know that the filter is there and recognize how it impacts our experience. So that uh, we may still, the filter may still be there, but we're at least aware that that filter is there. So the, the recognition of the attitude, oh, there's the pain in my knee and I don't like it. There's nothing in particular we need to do about that attitude of not liking other than recognize, oh, not liking is happening too. There is the pain and there's the not liking. It like expands out what, we're, what, what the, the uh, experience or what the uh, terrain of what we're aware of is. So perhaps... Initially, we had been aware of the pain and other bodily sensations and then checking in, well, what's my attitude? We recognize the not liking. And it's not that we turn now, well, then let me look at not liking. It's the stepping back again. There's the pain and there's the not liking. So that um, uh, exploration of attitude isn't about having to do anything with the attitude, but just more the recognition of it. So sometimes when we check our attitude, when we ask that question, it may not be at all clear. You know, it's like, well, don't know. (laughs) Not sure what the attitude is. So um, a couple of reasons that might happen. One is that the, uh, the attitude perhaps is subtle. It's kind of um, not not such an obvious thing. Maybe there's just a little bit, I mean, it feels like, yeah, basically I'm okay. Feels okay. Things feel okay. Um, but, you know, there's no, it's not really clear. There's not a clear sense of um, knowing what the attitude is. 
other than just, well, it seems like things are okay, you know. And is that an attitude? Things seem okay? Is that an attitude? That can be just, okay, well, that's, that's all you need to recognize. Things seem okay. That's, that's sufficient. You don't need to go digging for anything else. So sometimes our attitudes are, um, when they're in that terrain of okay, sometimes they're not so clear to us because we're not as familiar with the landscape of non-greed, non-aversion, non-delusion. You know, we're much more familiar with um, liking things and wanting things and being frustrated and angry and irritated and confused about things. Those kinds of attitudes can sometimes be easier to, to recognize. But simply being okay, taking in, okayness is happening, you know, that's, that's actually helpful. So if it doesn't feel like there's any particular attitude, you could try on does it feel okay? <laughs> and see, um, what is okayness like? What is it like to have okayness happening? And sometimes the, um, the attitudes may just be more subtle. Like there may just be, you may know in a sense that... Um, there can, be, there can be an awareness or a recognition that there's some kind of attitude happening because you know that you, you don't feel quite at ease. You know, so there's, there's some way in which you're aware that you don't feel quite at ease. But when you check into the attitude, that's all that you know. There's no clear sense of whether it's greed or aversion or confusion. There's not a clear sense of that. And again, that's, that's fine. Just so take in... Oh, offness. It feels off right now. Something feels off. That's all you need to, uh, to work with at that moment. Rather than trying to dig and figure out, well, what is this offness? And, you know, how, you know, how, how can I figure out what this offness is? Trusting in a sense that the, the mindfulness, um, as the mindfulness gets more continuous its power gets stronger and it is able to reveal more uh, subtle experience. So the continuity, we are really working towards continuity because the continuity is what allows us to deepen in our seeing. But we can't force that. It is, um, as, as I said the other day, it's kind of a slow settle into that continuity and I think something that came up in the groups um, a couple different times is, you know, gosh, it just feels like I'm paying attention to really ordinary stuff, you know. Um, how can this possibly be headed, you know, into insight? I I had that sense when I um, started this practice with Sayada Utejaniya. You know, it's like, well, this is just way too ordinary and, you know, how can it possibly be leading to clear seeing or insight? So as we explore, am I aware, what am I aware of? As we start this practice, 
what's going to be most obvious or clear are kind of the grosser, more obvious levels of experience. That's where it's very natural for our minds to begin. That's what is um, able to be touched into by awareness in this state of consciousness. Ordinary experience. The more we... um, uh, cultivate that continuity of awareness of that just ordinary experience, the more continuous the mindfulness gets. And it's as if the, the horizon or the, um, the level of what we can see and become aware of gets more refined. It happens very naturally that this uh, direction unfolds. It's not something we have to force and it's you know not so helpful to try to see more subtle things. That 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 kind of can just lead us towards tension over efforting striving to try to find the subtlety. So kind of be willing to recognize what can awareness know in this instant. And get to know that. Be curious about that. It does begin to, um, the continuity begins to uh, allow us to see more and more clearly over time. And then, then some of these things that are not so clear to us become more, more available to be uh, observed, known, explored. So over time, some of the more subtle kinds of uh, attitudes, you know, that it, it, it's the same old greed, aversion, delusion, and balance of mind, but at a subtler level. Um, just, just the little bits, for instance, of... Um, I'll, I'll give an example. I've given this one in this retreat before, so some of you have heard this. There's one time on... Um, a retreat where the mind felt very, very settled, very clear. The experience was very clear. And uh, there was a, a kind of a sense of ease in the practice. And so at first glance, it seems like, yeah, you know, balanced mind is happening. But I checked in, I just asked the question, well, what's my attitude here? And there was a very subtle trying to make the state continue. It wasn't like excessive greed. It was the subtlest of leaning in to that experience. When that was seen, that kind of began to fall away. And then there was this, there was a stronger upwelling of, no, I want it to continue. <laughs> so that, that was kind of more obvious. I, oh, no, I want it to continue. <laughs> so... And I got really happy, actually, seeing these defilements. You know, it's like, I, before I had checked in and asked the question, I had no idea that there were these subtle uh, wantings and cravings going on. So, um, you know, that, I mean, the mind was pretty settled. So it could see that. It could see that when I kind of turned to check in. Oh, what's the attitude here? So this one, this one is the part of the reason I say, well, when it feels like it's going really well, 
check your attitude. The other thing I just want to emphasize, I've said this, but sometimes just the word attitude, check your attitude, just the word attitude for some people uh, conjures up the terrain of having an attitude, you know, conjures up the terrain of um, negative attitude. And it, it, the, the term, you know, checking your relationship to experience, checking the attitude, includes not just the um, unwholesome, difficult, greed, aversive, deluded states, but also the um, equanimity, the balance of mind, interest, curiosity, non-greed, non-aversion, non-delusion. So it includes both. So that that sometimes is another reason initially why people don't notice an attitude because they check an attitude and it's like, well, there's not greed, not aversion, not delusion. There's nothing happening. Well, non-greed is happening. Non-aversion is happening. Non-delusion is happening. So the absence of begins to be recognized as the wholesome, the absence of those uh, states of greed, aversion, delusions begin to be recognized as wholesome. And then I think that's enough from me. So questions, actually, I'm going to start a new...